Hello, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in to this special episode of Meet Me for Coffee. He's from Pickering, Ontario. Um, he's a four-time Emmy Award winner for being a TV host. Uh, you've probably seen him around because, you know, he's an awesome interviewer. Um, you know, he's not the basketball player. It's Chris Van Vliet. How's it going? Doing great. I wish I was Fred Van Vliet and had, you know, his height and money, but thanks for having me on, George. I went to Laurier. So the fact that you live in Kitchener Waterloo makes me feel like I'm back at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, like not a lot of people have uh hit close to home like, like you have, man. There's been a few people that I've interviewed on the show that have actually uh you know, experience what it's like to live in the atmosphere of Kitchener Waterloo and go to Dirty Phil's basement. Um, <sighs> sounds kind of sounds kind of perverted, but um, it's just like a basement um, with sticky floors. There's no doors in the stalls. There's asbestos hanging out of the ceiling. I know uh, a few people that have gone there. It's like it was two fifty for a drink or two dollars for a drink. Oh. Uh, well, when I was so I lived on Lodge Street, which is one street away from yeah. where Phil's is. Yeah. And at the time when I was going to Laurier, drinks were $1.75. So it was a toonie, and then they got a 25 cent tip. And they also were, they oh, so Phil's opened at nine, but 9.30 is when they started charging cover, which was five, $5. So my friends and I would like literally run over at 9.28, get the stamp on our wrist, go in for one drink, and then don't tell anyone. Then we'd go home and just have more drinks and then come back later. But we were, we were, we, cheap college students, right? We didn't want to pay the $5 cover. Well, you know what? Like the best part about the, those, those dive bars, you could be completely drunk in one hour. Oh um, my gosh. There, there could, was there's another, there's another club. So go ahead, go ahead. I mean, you could buy 10 drinks for 20 bucks. Like that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there was another bar uh, up the road called Foo Bar. Um, this is uh, probably like uh, eight years ago. And they had like a power hour. So from like 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, it was like two for one drinks. And people oh, would just no. go absolutely nuts. Like the, the atmosphere down there is unreal. Like it's one of the best university towns, I think, in North America. Without question, because between Wilfrid Laurier University, Waterloo University, and Conestoga College, you've got three different types of people there that are all there for the same reason is to like study and then maybe have a beer or 15 on the weekend. Oh, well, yeah, 15 is probably just the beginning, right? <laughs> for a lot is, of people. Is Morty's still there? Yes. Morty's is still there. Oh, the um, best wings on planet earth. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of cool things that have happened since you've last been here. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, student residences down there, like big, big apartment buildings. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the Asian population has come in and, uh, you know, they have flooded the whole university. Um, and that's good because I like, you know, Thai food, Vietnamese food. So all these, these, these restaurants have gone there. So if you want a, a different, unique view of Kitchener and Kitchener, Waterloo and a diverse like dining experience, yeah. that's the best place to go because like you not only have like Euro, you have, you know, you can get, you get a pad Thai, you can get. Um, you know, hot pots, sushi. Um, and that's where I go for my date nights as well. Um, 
there's so much to, to 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 take back from a university experience, right? And of course, there's Benny's on the corner of Lodge. And, oh yes, Lodge and is Lodge and Weber. Um, yeah, I'm very nostalgic when it comes yeah. to my time at Laurier, just my time in Kitchener Waterloo. So you just mentioning these names makes me feel like I'm right back there again. And you can't can't forget about taquitos at four in the morning from seven. <laughs> Oh man, we had pizza pizza on our dining as part of our dining plan. Yeah. Which was just dangerous because then I ended up eating pizza six days a week, maybe seven, probably usually seven actually. And that was one of the only pizza pizzas that I remember that sold booze. Um, it's why I didn't that that's yeah. new. That yeah. didn't exist when I was there. There's a cafe um that's called Williams and they sell booze. And and by the way, pizza campus pizza you had those guys those guys yep. mm -hmm. you want to you want an extra large pizza that's the biggest pizza i have ever seen in my life. <laughs> um and, and it's the home of blackberry waterloo uh yep. which is rim i work there as well and you know what a awesome awesome community to live in man and it's uh you've gone uh to you uh, had a lot of strides since then man you you've moved to los angeles uh i i i, I saw you on aew as well like um all elite wrestling and it's so cool. I know you're a wrestling fan. I'm a huge yeah. wrestling fan. Uh, here's a good question for you. There are so many personalities. When sure. We, we grew up, we, we had, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow, Roddy Roddy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, guys with awesome mic skills like Hulk Hogan. Uh, you had Sting, you know, Macho yep. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And why is it so hard for a personality, a persona, to break out these days? Like, how come it's so hard to get over that hump? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because we don't have the massive personalities like everyone you just named there. Like, Hulk Hogan is still one of the biggest names in wrestling, and he's been doing it for you know almost forty years now. I think it's just that our habits have changed, right? Like in the eighties and nineties, if you didn't watch wrestling on TV you weren't seeing it at all. And I think the yeah. internet really changed a lot of that. Social media has definitely changed a lot of that. So you don't need to watch Monday night at eight o'clock when Raw comes on. And I think that that's really been the shift here. Also, they've gone to like the more realistic, I use that in air quotes, characters like John Cena and Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan. The list goes on and on and on. I don't think that you have the, you know, the ultimate warrior with the face paint and over yeah. the top. It's just a different era now. You know, I, I was the only kid probably in my elementary school in grade one that had an ultimate warrior backpack and him on my, on my, on my, Oh wall. my gosh. Yes. We would have been best friends. Yeah. You know what? Like that guy was so awesome. Like his promos were killer, right? Even though he was like hopped up on something, but uh, always sweating, man. Always sweating. as you are Oh, Kogan. <laughs> and there's Ric Flair and there and it's just, woo. It was so interesting. It got really, really good. And I know you, you've interviewed Vince Russo and, and you're, you're good friends with Eric Bischoff and stuff like that. They've gone through the, the, the strides of the wrestling business, but there just isn't anything to match the Monday Night War. Yeah. And, you know, fl flipping be between, you know, Nitro, WCW Nitro, to see who else is going to show up, um, who the NWO is going to go after, um, to, you know, seeing the Ministry of Darkness is doing with The Undertaker and, and uh, Vince McMahon, how Austin's going to show up the last minute and beat them all up. And, uh, you know, 
it's not ever going to be like that because the star, the stardom is, is not, it's not to that magnitude anymore. People just don't watch anymore. Uh, not to like we stopped watching the diehards kept watching it and i don't know roman reigns like he's great but i'm just not into it right i'm not into him yeah. right it's just, look it's just a different era now and i think the one yeah. one of the biggest things that people need to realize with wrestling and we won't go down too far of a rabbit hole with wrestling here yeah. but i think that people need to realize it's a television show and at the ratings on all TV shows have gone down over the last 20 years like american idol you have like 40 million people watching it so i just think that in in general, less people are watching TV, less people are watching live TV. So it's just a different era now. But if you love wrestling, as you know, George, if you love wrestling, you love wrestling. It's kind of like that scene in Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Oh, yep. Yeah. Damn right, man. And you know, sometimes I'm watching wrestling and my wife's in the kitchen. She's like, is that, are you watching wrestling? Yeah, yeah. there's still a yeah. stigma for some reason. So what's so wrong about it? I just... I, you know, I try to make an excuse. I was like, I was just watching hockey, but then I just kind of flipped into the channels. And, <laughs> you know, I saw this and, and then it's like, you know, you get, you get crucified there. This is fake. This is stupid and whatever. It's like, you just don't know. Like I had all the figures I had, you know, yeah. I'm obsessed with this. People, there were girls wearing NWO shirts. Oh, and DX um, shirts. Yeah. I always tell people like whenever they say, you know, wrestling's fake, I'm like, yeah, you know everything on TV is fake, right? Yeah. yeah, man, and and I think the AEW brand is is it's just killing it, man. Like you know they have uh, the new Japan wrestlers, they have you know, Chris Jericho, they have Sting, they have they have the nostalgia, they have the new rising stars. Yeah, it's just gonna get better and better, man. And I'm really I'm excited for you. Like, there's so much going on for you. Like, yeah, you're just rocking it, man. Like, how's this? Isn't it so cool to just to be right there in front of a wrestler interviewing him? Yes. Like, uh, you know, I grew up as a huge wrestling fan and I started doing interviews with wrestlers just kind of like as an extension of what I was doing as an entertainment reporter and a TV host. I mean, you know how it is when you work in media, you're interviewing actors and celebrities and you're interviewing directors and comedians. And I just asked my boss one day, I said, WWE is coming to town in, in, in a few months. Could we interview a wrestler? And she's like, yeah, sure. We've done that before. I'm like, oh my God, hold on. I'm going to get paid to talk to wrestlers. And like, that's where it all began. I, I was a show I was hosting in Vancouver on city TV called 969. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I can do this every few months, like not only one, do I get to be paid to hang out with a wrestler, but number two, I can ask them questions that I genuinely care about as a fan that no other fans have probably ever asked and certainly not never been like asked on camera about that's really where this began. And like one interview led to another, led to another. And there was kind of this snowball effect and man, I've been really fortunate throughout the course of my career, not just to interview some like really big names in wrestling, but just to interview some big names in general. And like, I just want to be able to like, have that conversation with them and like, just suck a little knowledge out of them. Like take a little bit of knowledge out of them kind of selfishly if i'm being honest yeah well i mean like you got to have that conversation i think what they like about you and uh possibly the show is that it's just uh, just talking to them right you you hear you can hear in your voice and the inflection of your voice um how the way you talk to them the way you ask them a question is, is genuinely a question like it's not the same drivel that um 
you you hear every day like I'm, I'm sure a lot of these celebrities i saw one where you were with the rock right like how awesome is that like he knows who you are yeah right? that's mind-blowing to me like that was a huge rock fan in high school like rock was my guy i would yeah. <laughs> george i would ask people questions in high school just so i could be like it doesn't matter what you think yeah so right I've off. interviewed The Rock nine times now. You know, not that I'm counting or anything. But yeah. the fact that I can walk into a room now and it's like, oh, Chris, good to see you. And I'm like, that is just wild. But I think my whole thing is like, you don't get to The Rock's level, Denzel Washington, Kevin Hart, Oprah, you know, all these different people. You don't get to that Steven Spielberg level by accident. So like the whole idea of the interviews that I'm doing, especially in my podcast, is I just want to be able to go, all right, like you're at level 41, I'm at level four. I want to reverse engineer back to from where you are to where I am and just like find a path to get there. What do you like about podcasting? What do you think is the, the this hardest thing about it? The thing I love about podcasts is we've got an endless amount of time, right? You and I are both from traditional media where the interviews I was doing for television were four minutes long. You can't really get a real conversation in four minutes. You can get a little bit of information, but you can't have a real conversation in four minutes. And I think the cool thing about a podcast is this mimics you or I going out for drinks or for wings at Morty's. Yeah. Like this mimics that like natural flow of a conversation. I would say the hardest thing to answer the other part of your question is, look, the best thing about a podcast is anyone can do it. The worst thing about a podcast is anyone can do it. And I think the hardest thing about it is trying to be that needle in the haystack and trying to stand out in that sea of millions of other content creators, millions of other podcasters, especially when you're on Twitter and every celebrity now has a podcast. Every one of your friends probably has a podcast now too. So I think it's just tough to make yourself stand out. Yeah, like even Michelle Obama has a podcast. It's like, Personally, like, it'd be great to talk to her, but like, I don't really see why I would listen to that show. You know, like, I, that's just me, right? Like, so yeah. anybody can have a podcast. Um, of course, with producers, you could run around. I know Donny Osmond had a show a couple of years ago and I was just producing it for him. And, and then like his people in Los, An uh, Los Angeles or, or um, Las Vegas, Vegas, right? Yeah. Where we're like running around with tape recorders the whole time, right? Just to, <laughs> To get them to say something right so like this is it's, you're right anybody can do it which is great yeah. but can it be good right well and i think that that's you know that's really springboarding off of what i'm saying here is like the barrier of entry is it's not even low there is no barrier of entry <laughs> you know it's hit record that's the barrier of entry and i think it's just a matter of like figuring out like what makes you stand out i always say to people when they ask like do you have some advice for starting a podcast i always say well, ask yourself why you're doing it. Like it needs to begin with, why am I doing this? And if the answer is like, well, you know, I just think if you don't have an answer, like you need to stop right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. It's just like, for me, I wanted to have a show where I could talk to people, yeah. um, but have it being to be really, really good quality. Right. Um, you know, we've all been in, in the back room and like the producer studio and then listen to how crappy somebody's mic sounds or listen to some other podcast where it's like, you know, this is embarrassing. Like, why would yeah. I, you know, why would I listen to this? Right. It's good to have good audio quality. And, um, oh, but perception's reality, right. And especially 
it's especially important in the podcasting world. It's like if, if I sound like this, you're never going to want to listen to this episode. It sounds terrible. Yeah. So I think it's important that once you do get going on this, that you like invest in some decent gear. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on a, you know, a fancy microphone, but just invest in like a microphone. I think a lot of people will just use their laptop mic. Yeah. And sometimes it works, right? But sometimes. It depends. But this mic, the, the SM7B from Shure, I don't know if they're listening right now. Um, this is the gold standard. This is the Joe yeah. Rogan podcasting mic. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and you know, this is why I, I use this one over a condenser mic, which I used for my last uh, last show before me for coffee. And uh, yeah, that was a, quite an editing a nightmare, man. So, because um, they get to hear all this stuff happening in the background, right? Yeah. I think this the second biggest thing about having a podcast is uh, people were talking, talk, always talk about like the concept, right? Conceptualize the idea, right? Like people want to say, hey, um, one guy was like, I want to do a wrestling podcast. Okay, that's great. Like, that's as much as I can help you. Like, you want to do a wrestling podcast? Figure out what you're going to say, right? Yeah. Uh, the hardest one we spoke about off the air is the the um, the movie review one. The movie yeah. review one is 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 the worst one. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to give you my my two cents on uh fast fast uh, times at Ridgemont High. It's like, sure. well, I don't need that because that happened like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> you know, like that's. But then you listen to this, it drags out. So anybody can have a podcast, but is it good? Like, is it like we like stuff that's right to the point, right? We like having great conversations over coffee, like we're having now. By the way, do you drink coffee? I don't drink coffee, but I drink tea. I actually brought some with me here. So, yeah, I'm like, I got some here, right? Too. I, okay. I put some whiskey in my tea tonight just to. Yeah, I've never been a coffee drinker. I'm sorry, but thank you for still having me on your show. I should be sorry. I, I should have known this before. I just, uh, I never want to become addicted to anything other than like, you know, positivity or having a good time or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't want to be addicted to having to like put a chemical in my body to feel a certain way every day. I, I fully agree. But uh, I like coffee. Like, it's, and Look, it's, and I get it. I understand why people like it. Yeah. So my, my one friend, he, he has it. He just dumbs it down with so much milk and milk cream and sugar. It's like. I mean, then he really doesn't like coffee, does he? He's like bitterness. It's like. But you just ordered like two extra large triple triples from Tim Hortons, man. Like oh, Tim Hortons, man. You guys have that out there, don't you? I mean, Oops. not here, not in California, but yeah, there's Tim Hortons in like some of the border states. Well, what what do you like about Los Angeles? Besides I like the driving energy. around in a car and sunglasses and a nice suit. Like I saw that Instagram <laughs> video and I was like, damn it, man. Num the number one thing I like here is the weather. Like it's, it's hard to argue with that. Like it's, I'll do this in Celsius. Like the coldest it gets here is like 15. Like, wow. So that's what I like the most, but mountains and the ocean, there's a real energy here. Like people, people that are here are here chasing some sort of dream, whether it's acting or modeling or hosting or content creation. Like there's a real energy. So I've been coming to, work in Los Angeles, like traveling here for like the last 10 years. But it was just finally, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to move there. I'm going to move there during a pandemic. Why not? I should have done that too, man. You still can. I know. I, I know a guy just moved to Miami. Like he's, he's from here. He moved to Miami. He's an artist. Like, um, if you can find a way to legally work in the U S do it, man. Why not? Yeah. Well, I, I've been to Los Angeles many times. The, the food there is pristine. The atmosphere, the environment. People are running in the morning. It's like 
I'm not going to run, but I'll sit on the patio and have <laughs> and have my espresso or some of that and watch it. I feel great, right? Like, yeah. Um, just everybody is so into it there and the lifestyle there. Everybody's out there going to get it and enjoying their life, you know, uh, kind of like living in like a tropical on a tropical island, right? It's like everybody's there, everybody's game, right? Here yeah, in I lived in Miami before this and I was like, really? so it was my, my path is, was Peterborough was my first television market checks TV in Peterborough. So Waterloo to Peterborough, Peterborough to Vancouver to Toronto. I was hosting a show called inside jam on sun TV. Then it was Cleveland. So the thing that we have in common with all the places I just listed are, you know, snow and cold. And then when I left Cleveland, I went to Miami and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I moved to Miami in December. I'm like, I'm going to skip winter this year. And then I went, wait a second. I'm going to skip winter every year. This is great. And I kind of decided in that moment, like as much as I love Canada, greatest country on earth, love Canada, all my family and my friends are still in Canada. I'm not going to live somewhere cold again. I just don't want to. Yeah. Why would you? Right. That's, that is the question I ask every day. Why would you? And and they wonder why some retirees are snowbirds, right? It's like, all right, well, November's coming around. I'll, I'll see you later, right? Yeah. People are still going, you know, they're still going. Like, Of course. No, I don't blame them because I, I wanted to leave so much. I still do. Like my first thing on my list is to go somewhere warm after all this is done. Um, despite, you know, if I have a vaccination or not, I, I will get it. I know you just got yours, your, your Moderna vaccine. Um, How's your arm? It's a little sore to be honest. <laughs> I got it. I mean, I got this three hours ago. I got the first dose and I just figured, look, we're all going to have to get this at some point. I think, I think if you want to travel outside of the country, I think it's going to get to, and I don't know this and this may, you know, not be true at all. But I think that if you want to go to like a concert, they might go, all right, we'll just make sure you're vaccinated. So yeah. I'm I'm half vaccinated now. Well, if there's any side effects and and you do pass away after the show, this will be your your last. Is it, these are my final words here. Or if I grow a third arm out of my forehead or something like that, this will be the last time you see me looking normal. Yeah, well, those suits won't fit anymore, man. They certainly will not. But you've also won uh, an, an Emmy four times, like. <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. I and dude, you just saying that sounds. Oh, it, it feels really cool. Like I'm super honored. Like when you work in television, that's that's the award. I mean, even to just be nominated for something like that is super cool. So yeah, it's cool, and I you know I I proudly display them behind me here because yeah. like that was something that like especially coming from Canada moving to the U S like going through the whole process of like being able to like get a visa. It, it meant a lot. So yeah. you've yeah. accomplished a lot, man. Like there's a lot of great things. Thank you. Um, you know, is it D Daco drive? Yeah. That was the show I was on in Miami. That was so like, that's a pretty cool show to be on. I was on the Fox affiliate in Miami Wow. and Deco drive has been on TV for 25 years. Like, for any show to be on television for 25 years is saying a lot. And for me to like, they welcomed me into that family and it was really cool to be able to do that. Heck the rock who grew up in South Florida watched Deco drive. So every time I would interview him, he's like, Oh, I'm going to have to tell my mom to turn it on tonight. 
what? Like, I, you know, I saw that interview. He said that. He said that to you, right? It, it, it's so weird because now we go back to the wrestling thing. I watched something on The Rock, and like he, it was he just wasn't cutting it, like in the WWE. And he's just like, you know, I just gotta be myself. Yep. <clears throat> so he took that mic and he just started talking and like just being himself. People loved him, and that's how I feel about you, man. Like you're 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 yourself. And and that's when the the rock became huge, right? When he became himself. So when you find yourself in all sense of positivity, like that's yeah. things are gonna happen, right? Because and, and then everybody says in broadcasting, like, oh, just be yourself, be yourself. It's like, well, yeah, but I think for a lot of people, they gotta figure out who they are. Like, I don't know if everybody's self-aware, like nobody's self-aware enough to begin with. Yeah. But you gotta find out, like, as a broadcaster, what's how do you sound? How do you look? And I think that you kind of stumble your way through that for a year or two or five or 10, depends, you know, on who you are. But I think then you find your groove and look, it's different now, right? Like when I got into broadcasting, TV and radio were your only options. Social media didn't exist at the time. I think Facebook had just started. MySpace was like beginning. It was like, I think started like a year later. So you, all you had was broadcasting. So, you know, I looked up to like Rick Campanelli and George Strombolopoulos and Ron McLean and all like all these, you know, I Canadian icons. And now people that want to grow up don't want to be on TV anymore. They want to be a YouTuber. They want to be a podcaster. They want to be a TikToker. And I think that that's actually really exciting because you don't need to talk in like a broadcasting voice to do that stuff. No, you just have to have the voice to do an actual radio show. Like it's just just your own voice. That's, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. Voice. So but, what but we also grew up where like, you know, a lot of the radio hosts in the 80s and 90s were, you know, talking in that radio voice. Oh, look at the latest song for bare naked ladies coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I looked up to Lloyd Robertson. Um and sure. As one of the best newscasters. And I had a chance to produce some spots with him. And oh, like, wow. just, I, I wish I would have filmed it because just sitting in the producer's chair and listening to him read a commercial, like it was the most unreal thing I have ever heard in my life, man. Like, yeah. Not because I'm a fanboy of this 70, 80 year old guy, but like, but, but uh, he's a legend still, though. Yeah, it just showed me like where what I have to do, how good I have to be, yeah, to be on the news, right? To to, to be out there and broadcast because he had some resonance in his voice. It's like, yeah, you no, know, the you can hear the drums of the Stratford summer music, and then it's like it's all the resonance, right, from all like the 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 consonants and then going to vowels, and it's like holy moly, like this guy. He's he's not just good, he's amazing, right? Like and and there are there are many broadcasters that have gone the whole length and, and they're not good at all, like from yeah. my perspective, but I do respect that, right? But there are guys that are just excellent, and that's one person that I can tell you that that guy is excellent in everything he does, and that's why he stuck around so long, right? So yeah, um, it, it's just so humbling to speak to you, man. Like to see somebody who's done such a great job and they're and that's moved on from you know just doing a um, a, a news wheel at a local. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate show. that. Yeah. You know, I 
I, I have a similar experience, not with Lloyd Robinson, but I remember like early in my career working behind the scenes at radio stations and TV stations and watching some of these people who are at the top of their game, just nail stuff. And it's exactly what you just said. It makes you go, oh, I have to be that good. Yeah. I'll never forget like, you know, in radio and definitely in television, you have to do things to time. And I remember like they had to do a 15 second radio spot, no script, just off the cuff. Yep. And this host went, blah, 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 blah. Do we do it? And I went, that was 14.8 seconds. Wow. And it's like, okay, great. Like that's, I have to be that good one day. And they always tell you, it's like, don't rush. You have all the time in the world. 30 seconds. It'll just, if it's one guy told me, if, if you're going too slow, if you're talking too slow. You're talking just right. Yes. Yeah. And I think you realize that 30 seconds in broadcasting is three sentences. And when you start to think of it like that, 30 seconds can feel like an eternity, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you ask someone, will you marry me? And you wait for 30 seconds, it's probably going to feel like 30 years. Yeah. But 30 seconds is one radio commercial. It's one TV commercial and it's boom, it's done. Yeah. And, and sometimes it takes a while to you know, record that, but doing it live, there's a whole new element, right? Especially you're yeah. talking to like community events here and stuff like that. What, what a flashback, man. Like, you know, finding yourself, you found yourself, man. You're. I mean, we're we're still all searching for yeah, ourselves. Yeah. But I think for me, it's just like I had a I had a real epiphany. We're bringing this all the way back. I love I love talking about it like Waterloo, but it is. I had an epiphany there. I had such a great time in university, but I like woke up in my fourth year. I woke up one day and I went, "Oh my gosh!" Like when this is over, I got to go work. For yeah. the rest of my life, like these next six months are going to be a lot of fun at school. But after that, I got to work every day, Monday to Friday, nine to five for the rest of my life. And it was in that moment where I went, I don't want to hate my job. Yeah. And that's where the whole process began for me. I don't want to hate my job. So I'm going to reach out to every radio station, every TV station in town and just say, can I come in and just see how it's done in the real world? And that's really how my career began. Yeah, and that's the way you got to do it. You got to just keep pushing for answers and pushing for someone who's just has that open heart to just let you see what's happening, right? Because not a lot of people would like to sit behind a mic and talk, right? Especially when you're you've got some type of restraint being on the radio, right? You um, definitely have to, yeah. You definitely have to have some restraint. Yeah, I mean, like, there's it's not what it used to be. Like we talk about finding yourself, and 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 finding yourself is. Well, technically not on the radio anymore, right? You're not the per personality that you're supposed to be. You're the personality that um, is going to talk to other people, but keep it short. Like, yeah. This fan fleet wants to talk to people for longer than 30 seconds. Right? <laughs> you know, Chris Van Fleet, you know, he he's a guy who wants to spark your attention with something, but, you know, 30 seconds can be enough to spark somebody's attention and, and to get them all excited for the next person coming on the air, but you just can't be yourself because now the next break, you're going to have to tee up an event that's happening. Right. Uh, Although you decide in 30 seconds, whether you like someone or not. I mean, you decide that in a job interview. I think you decide that certainly on a date. And yeah. I think that it's important, like first impressions, whether it's on the radio, TV, YouTube, or in person, like first impressions are super important. Yeah, I fully agree, man. 
you can figure out a whole person like everything about them in like five minutes tops right it's like yeah this well, guy i mean you certainly create a story in your head based on the information that they're giving you yeah whether or not you're right you know, yeah that's, that's another story well now's now's a great time for judgment everyone's been stuck in the house and you know, <laughs> especially on these right like yeah. As soon as the Zoom window pops up, they go, "Oh, what's in the, what's in the background there? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow." I had to put it. If you look at the earlier shows, right? I had like my bedroom background, or so I was like, you know, let's just get some brick behind me, man. Let's, is let's that go. is that actually behind you, or is that a like a key, like a green green screen? Oh, it's actually behind me. It's obvious. Well, it looks like a it looks like a very real brick wall. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to disclose if it's a real brick wall or a fake one, but mm. I will tell you. I think we might know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, one day. Uh, but it's it's so cool because now we're in the podcast. I, I talk to kids about the podcast industry, right? It's like, what's a podcast? Yeah. It's like, it can be audio and it can be video. Well, since when? I thought podcasting was audio. Well, things are changing. Things are constantly yeah. changing. And I, I commend Joe Rogan for moving over to Spotify even though he's just like getting pummeled by critics and people there like all oh, this cancel culture or whatever. So I just I, don't think he cares. Yeah. I was like, yeah, just then just get rid of me. You paid me. Yeah. Anyway, right. Um, but I think cause he moved over there and now they're testing beta for like video as well. Um, I think you can officially count video as podcasting. I think so. It's yeah. a wild. Yeah. I mean, it's the video version of this audio interview. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Sometimes people like, I want them to listen to Spotify and Apple podcasts and whatever, but they're like, I just want to watch it. So, right. Sounds good. Right. So, I've been trying to direct more people to my podcast. So I'll put the full interviews on my podcast first. Yeah. And I've got a lot of pushback. A lot of people are like, no, I want to see this. I want to watch the conversation unfold. And I'm like, okay, like I'll put it on there tomorrow. Don't worry. It's so cool, man. You've done so well for yourself, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. This is such a pleasure, George. Appreciate you asking me on. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. It's it's just, yeah, it's just coffee or tea, right? Yeah, well, I put some Weiser's in here. I found it. I found this, like, 15-year-old Weiser's whiskey on sale. Obviously, you got to go for it, right? <laughs> and I know that alcohol in Canada does not go on sale very often. No very weird i was like a dollar off oh my gosh let's get it this was like ten dollars off man that's huge wow i was like am i seeing this is this a yo is this a typo because we're all like um all our alcohol here in, in canada is like under some license board so you have to go to a certain store for it like, yo excuse me is this this on sales like, yeah this price yeah <laughs> holy shit right and then you pick it yeah, up yeah no burn at all man then you try and sample with everybody in your house but you know, three of them are underage, so they can't have any, but my wife. <laughs> um, thank you so much, man. This has been a pleasure. And, and uh, I feel like I, I made a true friend, a local friend. And uh, you can catch his podcast insight. You can check him out on YouTube as well. Any final words, Chris? No, just thank you. He is not the basketball player. He's a four-time Emmy I, award-winning TV host. I'm okay player. being Chris Van Vliet and not Fred Van Vliet. I'm okay with that, I guess. Can you even grow a beard that big? Can I? Me or hey, him? You. Can I grow a beard? Yeah, like him. Like Fred and oh, I don't know. I mean, well, I haven't shaved in five days and we've come up with this. So thank you so much, man. We're on our way. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs>